You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Welcome to another episode of Life Repurposed. If this is your first time joining me, welcome. Thank you for trusting me with your time and listening in. I am going to be talking this week with my friend Colleen. Colleen Lucarello is the author of the book Hashtag Be You, Change Your Identity One Letter at a Time. And we talk about that some in this episode. She's also the co-director of Activate Her, where she and her ministry partner Chrissy seek to help women become courageous in their faith, build connection with other believers, and develop confidence as they lead and influence others. Colleen is a mom to three married kids and Mimi to six comical grands. She and her high school sweetheart turned hubby Pat live in central New York. And in this episode, we talk about Colleen's everyday life. We talk about a story that she shared in the book, Life Repurposed, and just got to enjoy sitting down and talking as friends too, and you get to listen in on that. So I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Colleen Lucarello. Welcome, Colleen. It's so good to sit down and chat on Zoom. I think it's been about two or three years since I've been able to see you in person, and I'm really in need of some Colleen time. Oh, that's sweet. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I couldn't, I've looked forward to seeing your face all day. <laughs> so Colleen and I met through a writer's group, and I went to a retreat out in New York where Colleen lives. We went hiking together, and then we had the retreat. I got to stay at Colleen's house, so I really got to know you. Really enjoyed your sense of humor, and I think we connected on a heart level just because our husbands were apparently separated at birth. I think they definitely are two of the same mold. They soccer fans, and we talked a lot about their diets and how unhealthy they are, and yet how spry they stay. (laughs) Yeah. So my husband looks so fit and thin, and actually he's you know he can jog and do things like that if he needs to for work. But over the years, after meeting Colleen, I would like take pictures of my husband's snack bowls (laughs) and them because his version of trail mix is like. M&M's and chocolate chips and Hershey's Kisses and whatever else, that's his trail mix. Yeah, that's Pat and I go hiking together. And I take, you know, an apple and some almonds and I've got my water and I've got all that I need to try to make it up that mountain in the Adirondacks. (laughs) And I look at Pat's neck and he's got Snicker bars and (laughs) Hershey bars and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and... (laughs) There's not one thing in there that is good for him. He drinks his Mountain Dew. I mean, (laughs) it's ridiculous the amount of sugar that that guy takes. And he's as thin as a rail. It drives me nuts. (laughs) Yeah, because then we both try so hard to keep ourselves healthy and, you know, indulge in a treat once in a while. But you aren't going to find a pile of candy wrappers next to my chair in the living room. No, but you definitely will, Pat, that's for sure. I used to drink Mountain Dew, and I ended up having to go to the doctor because my heart was having palpitations, and he was asking me. He put me on a heart monitor for like two days or something, and then I went back, and he was like, yeah, it's definitely you know doing something here, so tell me about your diet, and I 
Every time I was having the palpitations was after I drank Mountain Dew. <laughs> I had to give up Mountain Dew. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I watched Pat just consume it like it's water, you know? Oh, these men. Oh, these men. Yeah. So someday our husbands will meet each other. That would be fun. So the other way we've connected at the heart is through our writing. And you have a chapter in the new compilation book, Life Repurposed, and you tell a little bit of your story. When I listened to you when we first met, I I connected with your sense of humor, but also with some of the things you've talked about that are in your story in the book as well. Some struggles with family members, learning to keep your mouth shut, um... I, I have a little bit of sass in me, and I sensed that you had a little bit of that, too. <laughs> well, you would be correct. I definitely have a little <laughs> bit of sass in me. And, um, you know, as uh, I got married when I was 19, Pat and I were uh, high school sweethearts. And I got married shortly after, uh, I think it was a year after high school. And I came into a marriage um, kind of going to just prove to everybody that they were wrong about me and they were wrong about <laughs> us and we were going to make it and nobody was going to tell, tell us how to make it. So I came in to a marriage with some sass and I butted heads tremendously with my father-in-law, especially mm. we, we were constantly at odds. And I, I look back on that time now and I feel so bad because I recognize how, how much trouble it was for Pat to have to be in the middle between his parents and his mm-hmm. wife, you know, I, and his, we would leave, we'd go to visit and we would leave and we lived four hours from, from home. And I really believe that that was God's saving grace for us because I don't know where we would be honestly, <laughs> if we had lived close to family, but because we lived away from family he could listen to me vent the entire four hour drive that it took to get us home. I would just rant and rave and go on and on about, you know, they said this and they did this and you should have done this and you should have done that. And this is what I need from you. And you're not giving it to me. And I look back on that and I think, Oh my goodness, I just put him in so, Hmm. so many hard places, you know? I feel like I did that a lot with my husband, too. We only lived about 30 minutes away at the most when our kids were little. But I did that with him and his mom. And looking back, too, I wish I could undo it because the kids were in the back seat <laughs> listening yeah. to me. And we've talked yeah. about it because they they heard what I said. And yeah. there were times where I had to reassure them, no, you can still love people, but I don't see things the same way. Yep, yep. For sure. We I definitely can relate to that because my kids definitely heard a mm-hmm. lot. And it, it was hard because it was the same thing. It was then teaching them that you can have a different opinion and still love people. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah. it, it was hard. It was hard. Yeah. You said something that I never thought about before. I got married at 20 also, and my husband and I were high school sweethearts. I never thought about the fact that some of the things that I did were to prove to other people. I haven't thought about that. You know, like there were people who said, you're too young. You're not going to make it. Uh, you don't know anything about life. And actually, we didn't. You know, we didn't know anything yeah. about life. I was as immature as I could have been, but I, I didn't see it then. Um, but yeah, we do sometimes do things to try to prove to other people that we're worthy, 
that we've got this. Were there yeah. other areas where you felt like you were trying to prove yourself? Well, I think that a lot of my story is based on control. I, mm. I was a control freak. And when I look back now, and I, I, I feel like God through the years has just helped me understand that mm-hmm. the reason that I was such a control freak was because I wanted everybody to think and believe that I was this perfect mom, mm. this perfect wife. I had it all together that, you know, my kids were well behaved. Wait, I had uh, my first when I was 20. So not only to get married when I was 19, then I had my a baby <laughs> a year later. And, you know, there were issues with people thinking that, uh, you know, I was too young to be a mom. I was too young mm. to be, you know, you're going to mess this kid up. Right. <laughs> and so wait, I just lived so many years believing this lie that everybody was thinking about me. And that's something really cool that the Lord has recently been showing me is that I think the world revolves around me. I think everybody's thinking <laughs> about me. I, I'm walking underneath this weight of belief that people are assuming the worst of me. People are judging me for whatever. And the fact is, they're too busy to care. <laughs> I, you, you know, know? it's good to have that self-awareness. There's been times where I look back and I think I operate under this idea that everybody else isn't smart enough to figure things out on their own. And so I tend to be a control freak in a different way of like, I need to tell everybody the right way to do things. Have you ever had an Enneagram done? The the Enneagram personalities? I have done those, but I, I honestly, they, they just go in one ear and out the other. I can't ever remember <laughs> what I am. I'm a type one, which is the ones that want to have the world all in order. <laughs> well, I so... think I probably relate there because I would like that too. <laughs> it's like there's a and right way to order. do things. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's the problem with it. It's like my way or no way. And so I've had to learn that. How have you found, like, even in your marriage, learning to do things someone else's way? Well, I share this. this I mean, the the, perf- the perfect example of that is the story I share in the book. The day that I realized that I was fighting for control when it came to my father-in-law, I had such a grip on control that I couldn't see him mm. for who God made him. I saw him from my own limited vision and my own perceptions and my own hurt, my own rejection, all of that clouded this man who stood in front of me that that God loved too. Mm-hmm. And God had a purpose for, right? And so when I felt like in that moment that the Lord challenged my view of him, he challenged my view of everything and mm-hmm. everyone. It was like I suddenly could see that God has a plan and a purpose for other people, not just you, Colleen. He loves people, not just you, Colleen. He he has people in your life for a reason, mm-hmm. and you can't constantly shut people out and keep them out. You have to let them speak into your life. You have to let them challenge your thinking a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and I did not want my thinking challenged, mm-hmm. but, you know, what a difference my life became and even my relationships became so different when I started releasing that rope control a little bit 
and letting people speak into my life and having the Lord say, you see, you can get to the same destination. You just might go different route. You know, it's like we can both get there. We can both end up getting what we want in the end, but they might do it a little bit differently and yeah. be okay with that. Be okay with. And I mean, you just became a grandma, right? Yeah. And two so, more on the way now. <laughs> isn't that exciting? Oh my yeah. gosh. It's just so fun. But that's one of the biggest, that is one of the biggest ways that God challenges me right now when I see my grandkids and I see their parents mm. doing things that I look back on and say, you're making a big deal out of nothing right now. Mm. Wait, you know, this right here means nothing, mm. but I have to let them make a big deal out of it. I want to go in and I want to rescue my grandkids and say, oh, they're <laughs> being so mean to you. <laughs> You're right. Your mom and dad should not have done that. They they should not have that rule in place. Because in the big scheme of things, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> but the truth is, God says, "Oh no, no, you can't do that. You can't. You can't go in and rescue your grandkids." Yeah. So it sounds like you've had to cultivate some self control. Yeah. Humility. It sounds like because isn't humility the biggest thing that comes into like putting someone else's purpose above your own? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. You have to understand that letting them have a say or do that or recognize it, that's, that doesn't define me. Mm -hmm. You know, my identity is not in what I do. My identity is in who I am because mm -hmm. of Jesus. That's where, you know, we, we get so lost. And honestly, as a stay-at-home mom, I, I was a stay-at-home mom for all of our marriage because, like I said, I had Adam when I was my in tw at 20, you know. So a stay-at-home mom for all these years, living the I can't wait life. I can't mm -hmm. wait for my kids when they do this. I can't wait for my kids when they do that. But when I started getting to the point where I said, I can't wait until my kids are gone, then I'm going to do, well, when my kids all left, I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm. So I had put my identity. I know what it's like to live my identity through all the things that I'm doing. And it wasn't until after that, that the Lord said, see, you've been putting it in all the wrong places. Mm. Yeah, that's really profound. So how, what did you do then when you came to that realization? I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I cried a lot. Tears are I, good. Tears are how we, I process through tears. Yep. I cried a lot. I spent, oh my goodness. I spent so, so much time just walking and trying to figure out like where I was and how I lost me. And I realized mm -hmm. that I had, I had, you know, I was calling the wife, calling the mom, calling the daughter. I just didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I wanted to go out and I wanted to do something. But the funny thing is God had me bring a family of um, with small children into my home and do daycare for them. Hmm. And it was in that process of doing daycare for this one little girl. Her name is Ainsley Grace that she loved to read. And I was sitting with her one day and I was reading and we were reading an alphabet book. And when I saw the letter A, in my mind, I had this word accepted flashed. 
But it, in the book, it said like A is for Apple. But in my, <laughs> you know, I saw A is for accepted. And, and it, every, every word just was, every, every um, letter was the same. And I knew right then and there that God was beginning to show me that my purpose was in more than what I was doing. It's like he kept having to bring me mm-hmm. back to this place of saying, Colleen, you're getting lost in purpose again. You're mm-hmm. getting lost. You're losing yourself because you feel like you got to be proving something. You've got to yeah. be doing something. And that's, it is just not true. I have a feeling a lot of our listeners can relate to that because wherever we are, whether we're working outside of the home in some kind of career or whether we're at home, people tend to ask us, what do you do? And we respond immediately with either I'm this, this or this, or I'm just a, did you ever respond with I'm just a? Always. That was my response. I'm just a stay at home mom. I actually had an older woman one time who uh, she actually told me, when she found out that I was a stay-at-home mom, and honestly, she was a really good friend of ours. She was like a mother figure to me, but she was somebody who had been at home and then went to work. And she said to me once that I was an anchor around my husband's neck because I was just a mm. stay-at-home mom. Wow. And I was crushed by that. I, I it, and it, And then, you know, we take these, comments that people say about Mm -hmm. what we just are and they ruminate in our thinking they just are constantly there you know and we think about it over and that it's so easy then for confusion to come in well if that's Mm -hmm. how you see me then I better do something to fix that Mm -hmm. right so then we set off to do change it somehow instead of becoming this place where you say you know what I'm more than just a, because yeah. God calls me, you know, his daughter. I'm, I'm accepted. I'm beautiful. I'm loved. I'm cherished. I'm all these things that God says about me. So you can think that I'm just a, all you want, but I know just who I am Yeah. in Jesus. So when did you start writing about that? Because I know it turned into a book, and we're going to talk about that when we talk about resources. That's actually when it. That's actually when I started writing about it. Was that day, that night? I had said goodbye to Ainsley, sent her home, and I just felt this thing inside of me that said, "I got to write this stuff down." So I started going through the Bible, and I started finding different verses that talked to me about who I felt God was saying I, I am, you know, I, uh, a is for accepted Ephesians one, three, you know, you're accepted in the beloved. And so I, as I started to do that, I just sat at the computer and I just started writing out my thoughts. It's funny when I hear people say, I always wanted to be a writer. I always knew that I was (laughs) going to be a writer. I had no idea. I, I had absolutely no idea. It was like the furthest thing from my mind that God would ever call me to be a writer. And I think, and, and, and a speaker too, and this is one of the funny things that I, I think about speaking, is I always got in trouble for talking. I, was, <laughs> I, I always was in trouble. I, I was talking in school when I shouldn't have been. I was, I was blurting out, you know, sharp, <laughs> sarcastic responses. I was always in trouble for talking. 
And then all of a sudden, God's like, here you go. Now you're going to write. You're going to speak. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think I love his irony because he gives us a platform long before we even thought about a platform. Exactly. Exactly. It's so funny. But but yeah, so that night I started writing after Ainsley left and I, I poured out my heart. And, and then it was, I don't know, maybe six months or a year later that one of the girls that I mentor, she said, you know, I'm looking for, for a book on identity. I want to know who I am in Christ. And I, I just like looked at her like, are you kidding? I've been, I've been writing about this. You want to sit down with me? And so we started going through it together. And, and I wrote chapters. And before long, I had another friend who was looking for the same thing. And so that's pretty much how it started. I had yeah. no idea this is what I do. <laughs> when did you start speaking then? It was after the book was published. Okay. And so you spoke to groups of women. Did you have people come up after and talk to you about how they was had struggled with identity? Yes, absolutely. All the time. I spoke um, at a woman's retreat. This I I was just blessed by this uh, church in uh, the Wesleyan Church in Central Square. Well, it's actually in Mallory. And uh, they asked me to speak at a retreat for them. And they would have me come back. I think I went back like four or five times. <laughs> and it, it just blessed me so much because I got to know them. Mm -hmm. And I think that the reason they had me come back is because they knew me. They knew my mm -hmm. story. They weren't afraid of my story. They weren't afraid mm -hmm. of hearing what God has to say. You know, they wanted to hear that truth because they could relate to it. Mm -hmm. they, they're lost in their identity, too. You know? Yeah. I think there are listeners out there who have struggled with that too. And you have so much wisdom to offer. It's a process, isn't it? It's not like it, absolutely our before and after is not like an instant thing. It's like a, I look back and I think who I was five years ago and who I was 10 years ago and who I was 30 years ago are all different people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not sure I would want to be friends with my 25-year-old self. <laughs> the only thing that I think about is sometimes I think, oh, if I could just go back and if I could be the person I am now and, you know, there would have been so fewer fights. There would have been, I would have had peace inside. I was a, a constant turmoil mess inside because when you're trying so hard to hold it all together perfectly Mm -hmm. You know, I, I got that side eye look for my kids when they're sitting at the, in church next to me. Like, you better stop making that noise. I want everybody to know that my kids know how to sit quietly mm -hmm. in church. You know, I was a mess on the inside. I was a mess. And I remember that moment where it all of a sudden I thought to myself, I feel peace. Mm. Wow. I I recognized it. This this constant turmoil, like my gut was hurting because I was so afraid of something being out of my control. I remember that day that I thought, wow, I don't feel like that anymore. That's yeah. a miracle. I, you know, I was like right then and there, I wanted to fall on my face and say, I believe in you, Jesus. <laughs> you really are who you say you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's true though. Like I, 
have known Christ my whole life and had accepted Christ as a little child, then rededicated my life to the Lord when I was an older teenager. But, you know, it isn't until our identity is secure that it really all makes sense. You know, we're still struggling. So, yeah, I probably was more in my mid-30s when pieces started to come together. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it was for me. I was raised in the church, too. You know, and I think back sometimes and it's like, wow, I should have paid attention a little bit more, but I surely, I surely did not. (laughs) You were talking in class. I was talking to my friend Jeanette who was sitting next to me and my my mom was giving me that side eye look saying, stop talking. We used to go to this little corner store and we used to buy candy in between Sunday school and church and we'd buy all this candy and then Jeanette and I would sit next to each other and we would try really hard to open the candy without (laughs) making any noise. (laughs) It didn't work very well. (laughs) So when you think about it, you know, you always have ambitions and goals. What has changed from when you're trying to prove yourself and find your identity to when you know who you are in Christ and you have goals from that? Like what's different about like your ambition now in life? Well, right now, it's not about me anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not about me trying to fulfill something to make me feel good. It's it's about me walking down that path that God has for me to walk down. Because I know when I'm on that path that he's getting glory. It's about mm-hmm. him getting glory. It's about him showing off. I want him to show himself off in big ways for women who are caught in this cycle of having other people define them, having their jobs define them, having um, unmet expectations define them. When I get to walk beside somebody and I get to tell them a truth about what Jesus says about them and what he died to give them, oh, I get giddy inside. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the whole idea of a life repurpose. It's why I started this podcast and why the book came out of it is because each one of us has a different version or a different story of how God has worked in us. And I get excited when I read other people's stories. I cry when I listen to them tell their story because it is beautiful. All the ugly parts become beautiful when it points to God. I'd like you to tell us a little bit more about your book, Be You, and just explain, like, what what does a reader find there? How can they apply that content to their everyday life? Well, what they're going to find there is a whole lot of me. <laughs> they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna get to know me. I when I wrote that book, I had no idea that it was going to be a book. I thought I was just pouring out my heart and soul to the Lord and. He, I changed some things, but I didn't change everything. And one of the things that I hear most often by people who read that book is you are so authentic. Mm, and you that's are. what I want. I want people to know that I'm not telling them something that I don't know because, you know, I'm not trying to hide anything. <laughs> I'm going to be as real as honest with you about who I am and where I've come from and what I've walked through. And I know because I know the changes that God has done in me. I know the peace I, I feel. I know 
my relationships are different. I know that my relationship with Pat is different Hmm. because of what he's done inside of me. He did repurpose me. You know, he, Mm -hmm. he took, I, I, there are times, some days I feel like I look back, like I said, and I go, I wish I could do that all again. But you know what? That's where the repurposing comes from. Mm -hmm. That's where we learn. And that's why BU is just learning to be who you are. We've got to stop hiding behind shame and letting shame keep us silent. You know, we all messed up. We've all done things that we're not proud of and that we've all been hurt. We've all felt crushed, Mm -hmm. but we don't have to let that define us. We Mm -hmm. let Jesus define us. And then we learn how to take everything that he's offered and reshape that into the person that he has created us to be. Does that make us perfect? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Believe me, (laughs) there's no perfection. And I'm okay with that. See, a long time ago, I wasn't okay with that. I wasn't okay with not being perfect. I felt like I had to be, but I'm okay now not being perfect. I make mistakes all the time. I think that's what the reader's going to resonate with, too. And for those who are going to search for the book, it will be linked in the show notes. But if you're searching on Amazon and looking, it's hashtag BU, like Y-O-U, and then change your identity one letter at a time. So you go through the alphabet, all the things God revealed to you, and then there's an opportunity for the reader to interact at the end of every chapter. Tell us a little bit about that. All right. Well, when they finish the chapter, they're going to have a section where they're going to be asked to activate. They're going to start the work. You know, we have to be willing to do the work that God is calling us to do. So Mm -hmm. we have to activate that. Then we're going to learn how to become by getting into his word, reading what he says, sharing um, his thoughts or allowing his thoughts to become our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to start confessing them. We're going to start speaking the truth. If I can't live in who he made me to be, if I'm always talking about the who I was and who the mm. enemy thinks I am, yes. I can't do it. So I'm going to start. My confession is going to be different. I'm going to say when I mess up and I start, you know, talking about how bad I am or or how I'll never learn, I'm going to change that confession. And I'm going to Mm -hmm. say, you know what? I messed up, Lord. Thank you so much for forgiving me. And uh, thank you for this second chance. Thank you, God, that you can show me the better way. How can I improve on this? Yeah, I love that. So this isn't just Colleen's memoir. This is Colleen saying, here's my story. Now share yours. And so it's like, what can God do in you if he can do this in me? And that's why I love the heart of your message. You also then have turned this into a women's ministry. And so when you talk about like each chapter of your book has an activate section, you're really all about activating women. Tell us about that ministry that you're part of. Yep. Um, I'm a co-director with my friend, Chrissy Garrett. We co-lead a women's ministry called Activate Her. And we have three foundations for the ministry that we live on. And that is helping women to become courageous in our faith, building confidence in our leadership and connecting in relationship. We 
are not going to allow God to define us if we're afraid of it, if we're mm-hmm. afraid of that faith. And being courageous in our faith means that we are actually going to stand up against anyone who tells us that we're not who God says we are. We're going to have to start speaking truth when it's not necessarily the easiest thing to say in that moment. That's courageous faith. And a lot of women believe I never saw myself as a leader. I wouldn't have called myself a leader in any given moment at any given day. But I was an influencer in my home. I was an influencer in my relationships with my friends. And so we have a lot of women who say, well, I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. You are influencing someone. So let's become confident as we influence. We build that courageous faith. We are confident in influencing people towards Jesus. And then there's the connection piece. We need connection. And one thing that I really am sad about is social media has been great in the aspect that we can connect all over but we've lost that face-to-face intimate mm-hmm. connection with one another. And so that's, we have chapters that meet um, right now. We have a majority of our chapters are in uh, New York and uh, central New York, where we're from. Uh, we just are going to birth a, ch- a new chapter. So we have six chapters and it's just so exciting to watch God do this, you know, it's like he's spreading out and it's crazy fun to watch what he does. And then we have a chapter down in Virginia. And so these women are, are hungry. We're hungry for one another. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what denomination you are. The core of the message is we love Jesus. And because we love Jesus, we can come together and we can love each other. And When we love Jesus and love each other well, we are like Jesus then. We are being Jesus to one another. And that's that's what we're about. That's what we're living for. I love that. So I'm going to have a link in the show notes to activate her because it's active with the number eight in the middle. And so I'll link to that. If a listener is out there who wants to start a chapter, they can start one anywhere. And you you and Chrissy coach people through that process. They can apply yep. to have a chapter. So they'll find that on the Activate Her website, correct? Yep. Yep. They sure will. All right. So that's one way for people who are listening to gather some people and grow a group of women who are bonded together, who are seeking God for their identity. I love that your ministry is really merged with what God gave you in those simple ABCs while doing uh, a a home daycare. I love that. It's come all the way to this place now. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny? And it's, I laugh at God when I say, you know, the very thing I couldn't wait to stop doing, taking care of kids, the very thing that I spent my whole life saying, I can't wait till I can do this. And I can't wait till I don't have to be at home anymore all the time. I, I never left my home. <laughs> I, 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 he had me bring kids in, you know, and then yeah. I did daycare for my grandkids and now I'm home writing. And yeah. I, it's just funny. We just need to learn how to be a little more content right where God has us <laughs> where we in are. this season. Yeah. 
Yeah. So if people want to connect with you online, where can they find you? Where's your website? They can uh, connect with me through speakcolleen.com. And that's Colleen with a K and two L's. Yep, that is correct. I'll link to that as well. Colleen, as we leave and say goodbye to our listeners, what words of wisdom would you like to leave with them? Well, I would just like to tell them that they can change their identity one letter at a time. It doesn't have to happen overnight, and it's not going to happen overnight. But one letter at a time is all it takes for them to allow God to come in and show them who he says they are so that they can activate that person and then, you know, hashtag be you. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. I've, I've enjoyed chatting. Well, thanks for having me. It's been so fun. And there you have it. Another episode with another wonderful guest. I love talking to Colleen. So you'll find the show notes at michellerayburn.com for this episode. You'll be able to find out more about Activate Her and about Colleen's book. And you'll also find a link to the book Life Repurposed, where you can read Colleen's chapter, which we alluded to in this episode, but really didn't get into the heart of. So you get to read more about her there. If you haven't already joined our Facebook community, I invite you to do that. We'll continue to talk about this topic in the coming week, talking about our identity, and we'll just have a little discussion there about where you have found help in rooting your identity in Christ. To find that group, you can just search for Life Repurposed Community on Facebook, or you'll find a link always in the show notes to that. There's a couple membership questions to fill out just so that we make sure there are real people that are joining the group and that you're agreeing to be kind and courteous to all of the other members. So that's an important step. Thank you so much for joining me. I will be back next week with a solo episode where I continue to talk about all of the issues that relate to our everyday lives. I'm always looking for more input on what resonates most with you. So feel free to send me a message or join that community on Facebook where you can give some input on some topics that we should cover in future episodes. Again, thanks so much and have a great week. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.